welcome to another episode of Memories and Musings, creative adventures of me, artist Claire Jasmine Beloved, as I wildly wobble through the world. Drag lines, three dates and the ferry building. Are you dating? Everyone would ask. Dating? British lesbians don't date. The British don't date. What do you mean they don't date? What do they do? They kind of get drunk, fall on each other, go home together and well, that's it. What? I know. I know it doesn't sound that sophisticated, but that's the point. We aren't. And me, I don't drink. So really, the only dating that happens for me is in novels. You know, those bad ones I mentioned with the sheriff, the secret agent head of security for the president's daughter? No? Well, it was getting late in my day. I wanted it all. Love, romance and a family. I'd spent the last 14 years knee-deep in my work, which I adored, but now I wanted something different, something for me. I decided, when in America and all that, and joined an early days online dating app and pressed on area of choice, San Francisco. In the UK, I would have been cringing and worried about the whole spider's web of tangled, incestuous, knotted lesbians that would be on there, weaving stories and madness. But here I was, the new girl in a new town with no history and not a spider's thread in sight. At lunch with Mary Corrigan's divine friends, who were all settled, seasoned couples living in the city, I told them the tale of the three butch dates I had arranged. They looked at the pictures, pulled suitable faces, found the whole thing hysterical and intriguing, and asked for updates. On the way home in the car, Mary exclaimed the now well-used phrase, Baby, you are catnip for the universe. We all laughed out loud, but secretly I was petrified, really anxious and trying to pull up a kind of inner reserve of confidence that was very low in supply for occasions like this. Three. Three magic dates were arranged and cast in the shadow of the big iconic ferry building across the last week of my stay. I'm not sure if it's a tiny stretch of the imagination to say it was Cinderella-like, but there were definitely three. Three magic dresses, three pair of high heel shoes and a suitably placed clock striking romantically. Those heels now lie in the back of our wardrobe. Or did I finally part with them a few years back? Well... In my mind, they are at the back of the wardrobe, existing in a parallel universe or waiting for the possibility that is now looking almost zero of a personal heels and dress renaissance one day. The dresses were tiny. Once when I was sorting through the wardrobe, Sandra looked at them and was bemused. That's a dress that you wore? Jesus, hon, who were you? I've been thinking that a lot lately since beginning to write these memories. Who was I? This version of me that arranged three dates in a week across the other side of the world and wore heels that I couldn't even get my feet into now. I think I cut one of the dresses up. 
made a collage out of it that sold as an exhibition. But maybe, just maybe, there is still one hanging out with the shoes in the shimmering lost dreams at the back of a Narnia wardrobe. Date number one. Looked gorgeous in a sheriff novel kind of way, but also maybe scary on reflection. The kind of profile picture that I would now shudder at if a young person showed me and think, don't go there with that person, they look a whole lot of trouble. Thank God she stood me up. I waited, shivering outside the ferry building restaurant, then leaning nonchalantly on the railings by the water, trying to pretend I was just on an evening walk watching the world go by. I held on steadily to the railings and myself because standing still in the heels on a cobble-like floor for more than 15 minutes was a big challenge. Eventually, I walked quickly home. In truth, I was so anxious before the date that I wasn't really disappointed, more like relieved to arrive back into the comforting arms of the Vitali, see Charles's smiling face, get into my pyjamas, ring room service and watch a movie. The restaurant made and brought me my favourite sage and butter ravioli just the way I liked it. I concluded it was the perfect date with myself, although it wasn't the best of starts to my dating adventure. It was decidedly rude and could pose a serious diplomatic fracture to international relations. About 11pm, I got a ping from the dating site. The dodgy, rude sheriff apologised. Something else came up, hon, and I hoped you enjoyed yourself anyway. Want to try another night? I laughed at the cheek of it, thought, what the fuck, and promptly blocked the profile. I messaged date number two in the afternoon of the next day. Look, are we still okay for tonight? Only, I've already been stood up once and I'm happy to stay in in my pyjamas rather than risk the cold long wait again. She said, Mom, of course I'll be there. And may I, on behalf of all the Americans out there, apologise for my fellow citizens' behaviour. Obama would be horrified. Allow me to rectify this mistake. I stood in the gorgeous bookshop this time, called Book Passage. I tried to breathe deeply to calm my nerves. I pretended to be looking for a book, which in truth I usually am, and I tried to find reassuring lines in the pages of poetry. She arrived on a motorbike as the sun was setting which was a good, exciting start to this chapter. I was kind of too tall for her in the six-inch heels, but she didn't seem to mind. She was very, very quiet. I asked questions, but she replied in one-word answers, and the only thing I remember her saying was, I love your accent. So with my nerves in absolute overdrive... I decided to just talk incessantly in my best Liverpool accent all night to avoid any silences or awkwardness. I went into full entertainment mode, like, I'm just going to have to talk my way through this. She looked in shock. 
kind of steamrolled with my stories and in truth was probably struggling to understand my accent. I think I had one drink to help me cope and those who know me will know I only have to have one sip of a cocktail and I start falling about saying I love you and isn't life fabulous to everyone like Mary Poppins on drugs. It was a kind of success. I talked to her as she gazed back at me till about 11 and then I thought, oh God, what am I even going on about? It was time to go from this one-way conversation and the ferry building bell was tolling. It had been the longest performance and the audience looked like it was time to pull the curtain down. Charles raised his eyebrows in the lobby. Everything okay, Mum? Good night? Oh, I'm not sure, Charles. And then suddenly I felt totally self-conscious. Feared, he thought, I was running an escort agency or worse, a brothel from the hotel. So I said quickly, just meeting agents about my book, you know, like you do. And then ran to my room thinking that it sounded completely naff. And he wasn't at all fooled. (sighs) So date number two messaged me late on that night to say she was sorry she'd been quiet, but I had more than made up for that and she hoped we could meet again. Mary Corrigan, in our debrief on the phone, suggested I invite her to our New Year's Day with Nancy at her beach house in Half Moon Bay and they could check her out see if she was any more relaxed in other company so I messaged back and invited her to come she said she would be too shy to come along and she didn't know anyone when I got back to the hotel that night after the most perfect day at the beach with Mary and the gang there was a message at reception left early that morning to ask for the address to the beach house as she had now built up the courage and decided to come along It was far too late for that now and we will never know. But I do know I was quite exhausted from all that talking. Date number three took place on my last full day before my flight home. Kelly. Sorry, I can only remember one of the date's names. Perimenopause has stolen my memory. Kelly turned up, which was a good start. She came to the hotel lobby so I wouldn't have to lurk suspiciously around the ferry building anymore, although by this time I was also raising eyebrows between the staff on the reception desk. There is a a friend waiting in reception for you, Mum. Shall we let them up to your room? God, no. I'll be down in a moment. Thank you. Kelly was chattier than me. Funny, kind and charming. She had done something at uni around accents and language, so we laughed about the different funny things Brit said. Conversation flowed easily. She took me to all her favourite places to eat. We walked around the city. The sun was shining dreamily. We shared how we both loved the sea and wanted to live by it one day. I told her how my friend from Esselen, Richard, was maybe opening a therapy centre in Bodega Bay and had asked me would I be interested in being the creative therapist there. 
I had never even visited the place, so Kelly offered to drive me there that afternoon along the coast and we could check it out. I am now thinking, you'd only just met her, what were you fucking thinking getting in her car? But, oh, the innocence of youth. And at that time, it felt completely safe and the perfect thing to do. But to all my nieces and nephews reading this, don't get in the car and leave your phone switched on and let me meet them first. It was a truly gorgeous long day. I wasn't sure about Bodega Bay. It was misty, rainy and more marshy than beach. But we took photos by the water and laughed a lot. She was actually a real-life stand-up comedian. And, well, I suppose you could say that I like to think I am. She said the whole experience was giving her new material that she needed for a whole piece on dating Brits who don't date. She was generous and had made me laugh, so it all seemed fair game. We came back late to the Vitali and drank tea on the roof, overlooking the city lights and the bridge. We lamented that it was sad that I was leaving the next day, but that sometimes, like with a poem, all you get is a great title and that has to be enough. Somewhere in the shadows of this joyful, funny story was a black widow spider who hadn't entered the stage yet, but was waiting in the wings. But this is not that story. This is a poem. This is a magical, happy story before that time of a no date, a date and a great date and of a Brit who dated just for a week, American style. You can listen to more musings and episodes and find out what happened next over at my podcast and check out my website, www.com. Claire Beloved.com. Thank you.